Welcome back. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for us to get in the word. We've been doing a special on who is the synagogue of Satan, and we've been dealing with Israel a whole lot. The last broadcast was Israel's yesterday's glory. Make sure you check that out. Um, Today, I had a debate. It was a peaceful debate with my brother, Yatiel. Now, this brother is an Israelite, but he is a peaceful Israelite, and his character was better than the Christians. The Christians were rude and snobby. He has about 40 years in the word, and he's older than me, so therefore his conversation and the way he did his discussion with me was more mature, more mature. So I give shouts out to my brother Yatiel, even though we have differences of beliefs. One thing I can say is that he agreed with practically 99% of the stuff I brought out. And that's that's real impressive. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I give a shout that out right. to him on, and his on. loved ones. And my brother Usheruf, it's been a uh, while. Um, shouts out to him. All right. Peace and blessings on you all. Today we will be doing another topic. Today we will be talking about Prophet Isa. Now, Isa is the Arabic name for Jesus. We're going to be talking about Prophet Isa in his assignment. But first, I want to deal with the fact that Jacob, Jacob was a supplanter. And I want to look up Jacob's name, and it means um, to supplant, to circumvent, to hold back. And get this, y'all. Jacob's name means defraud. His name actually means to defraud. And you know the Bible says, defraud ye not one another. Especially your boy Paul, he brings that out. Okay, so I'm going to type in defraud in my Bible app real quick just to see where those terms come out. It comes out in Leviticus 19.13. Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor. Okay, now Jacob's name actually means deceiver. Wow, and this is why... I'm going to show you, even when he deceived his brother, he deceived his own father. Um, this is going to be Genesis 27, 36. And he said, is not he rightly named Jacob? For he have supplanted me these two times. Okay, and that word supplant can go into deceive or defraud Jacob defrauded his brother Jacob was a trickster and that's the reason why even Laban had to get Jacob back okay it was all God's providence so we're going to be looking at that now we want to go to the beginning because I'm going to tell you something you probably never heard God plays tricks 
He does tricks. That is seen in the Bible. That is seen in the story of Jacob when he supplanted his brother. Now we want to go to the beginning. We want to go to the first Esau. Okay, the first Esau is going to be Isaac. Make sure y'all write that down. The first Esau is Isaac. Now, Isaac, his name means one who laughs. Ha 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 ha. Okay, that's going into how God will trick you. Now, I want to go to Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And he said unto Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Now, you're going to see this great I am trick. God plays tricks. Notice, God can't tempt us. Remember Jesus' prayer. He said, Lord, lead us not into temptation. James brings out the fact that God will not tempt us with evil. Okay? So this word tempt in Genesis 22 and 1 is going into how God tested Abraham. Another word for a trick is, guess what? A test. God did a test on Abraham because he knew in the future many people would be worshiping something or someone, preferably Jesus and his mother, as God when he's not God. Okay, so stay with me. Don't let that lose you. Okay, don't log off. Stay on. Pay attention. Now we want to go to verse 2. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac. Now we know that Ishmael was born first. So we know this is going into a test or a trick. He said, take your only son, Esau. Now y'all know Esau is the Arabic name for who? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, yes. So he's telling Esau or Isaac, take him and get thee into the land of Moriah. Now, Moriah, get this, it means land of Yahweh. Land of Yahweh. Now, notice these phrases. You're going to constantly keep hearing I am or here am I. This is the great I am trick. This is the trick. Now he says, get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. This is not talking about a cross. This is talking about a burnt offering. Verse three. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. So I'm looking at these key words. I'm looking at wood. I'm looking at 
Isa or Isaac, and I'm looking at rose up. Okay, I'm looking at those key words. Not only that, I'm still focusing on that word I am. And I'm looking at a sacrifice. Those things are in my mind right now. Verse 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes. That's another key word. You're going to find out how eyes have something to do with both Isa and Isaac and Isaiah. Okay, I'm going to show you a lot today. And saw the place afar off, and Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. So he's telling his servants, stay here, okay? His servants, stay with this donkey. <laughs> stay with this donkey, and me and Isaac is about to go worship the one true God, okay? This is also a picture of how Jesus, or Isa worships God just like you and I worship God. Let me tell you something. God is my father and God is your father, okay? And God is Jesus' father. So how could Jesus be our God if we all have the same father? It makes no sense. I'm going to keep going. Verse 4 again. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the young lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now the story in the Quran and the story in the Bible has similarities, but they're different. Okay. But I want to focus on this version of the story. Isaac is like, Hey, I know you ain't finna sacrifice me. Where is the lamb? Okay. And Abraham is being tested by God. But he is also testing his son because he's not telling his son the complete truth that he is planning on sacrificing his own son. Now I want to go to verse eight. And Abraham said, my son, that's another key word, because Jesus is called the son, the son, the son, the son. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together and they came to the place which God had told him of. Notice Abraham just tricked his son. He didn't tell his son the truth. He know God told him to go and sacrifice Isaac. But he was like, well, God is going to provide a lamb. You'll notice that Hebrews, they do these type of things. They do these type of things way too often. Now, verse 10, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, 
Abraham, and he said, here am I. There go that word. I am, am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad. Neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, going to these key words, thine only son. So the only son, okay, and we call Jesus the only begotten, okay, the only son of this day, which was Isaac, he was spared from being sacrificed. And we in the house of David, we believe that Jesus also was spared, rather saved from the fate of the cross. Going on to verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now, that word stead means place. So he killed something in his son's place. The gospel of Barnabas says Judas was killed in Jesus' place. The Gnostics in the Basilides say that Simon the Cyrene was killed in Jesus' place. A kid goat was killed in Joseph's place. And here in Isa, the first Isa, Isaac, we see that a ram was killed in the place of Isaac. Verse 14, And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Now, a lot of people, they get tricked when they hear that word, as it is to this day. That doesn't necessarily mean today. That means to the day of the writer. When the writer was writing this, it was to that day. Now, I want to keep going. I showed you how Isaac was spared and he was not sacrificed. I showed you how there was a trick played, both on Abraham and Isaac. I showed you the key words, eyes, eyes. Now I'm gonna show you how Isaac, the first Isa, is affiliated with blindness in the eyes. Now Genesis 27 and verse one, and it came to pass, that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see. Let's pause right there. So Abraham was not blind. Jacob was not blind. But here we have Isaac. Amazingly, Isaac. And remember, I told you, Isaac, when you get ready to say Isaac, it has the same three letters that's in Isaiah and what else? Isa. And those same three letters are I-S-A. Here we have Isaac affiliated with blindness, okay? Now, this is no coincidence. I'm going to keep showing you more and more and more. You're going to see how all the Isas is affiliated with the sun. It is affiliated with blindness. So here we have Isaac, blind. And what's happening right now? Jacob is playing a trick on his own father with his mother's help 
against his own brother, the other Isa. That's a whole nother discussion. I don't want to put too much on your plate, but notice this is another Isa in here. If we pronounce it the way it sounds rather than how it's spelled. So here we have Isaac. His eyes are dim and his son is playing a trick on his father regarding sacrifice. Now, I want you to write down these four names. You already wrote down one. One is Isaac, one who laughs. Y'all got that. The other one is Isaiah. Right next to Isaiah, I want you to write salvation of the Lord. That's what Isaiah means. His name means salvation of the Lord. Okay, then I want you to write down Isa. If you want in parentheses, you can put Jesus. It doesn't matter. Isa is Jesus. Jesus is Isa. And after, right next to Isa, rather, I want you to put salvation. Okay, so you right now you have Isaac, one who laughs, Isaiah, salvation of the Lord. And then you have Isa, and you have salvation. Now, next under that, I want you to write Issachar. Because when you get ready to say Issachar, you have the I-S-S-A. Okay, it's close. Okay, that's why I'm going to tell you that these Israelite camps, when they're trying to break down these meanings and stuff, they really don't know. The names and the symbols for the tribes of Israel goes deeper than our comprehension. Okay, it is very advanced knowledge. Okay, so... Right next to Issachar, and that's I-S-S-A-C-H-A-R. And I want you to put man of hire. You can put man of hire or son of hire. It doesn't matter. It's both the same. All right. And then I'm going to read you a scripture from Genesis 49, 14. Does everybody got that? Yes. Yes. All right. So... Genesis 49, 14. This reads, Issachar is a strong ass counting down between two burdens. Now, Israelite camps, they want to take that and say, oh, yeah, the Mexicans are hard workers. That's what that's going into. Now, I understand that Mexicans are hard workers, okay? But when we look at this scripture, it's deeper than what we think, okay? First of all, does anybody know what the word burden means? Prophecy. That's right. These women study, and they remember, because not only does burden mean a load, a task, okay, a duty requiring effort. It also means a prophecy, okay? And that reference would be Isaiah 13, 1, 17, 1, Habakkuk 1, 1, Isaiah 13, 1, 17, 1, Habakkuk 1, 1. All right, guys, I'm not going to be going crazy. So, yeah, is a car... His name goes into a strong ass counting down 
between two burdens. Okay, so that's going into two prophecies. Stein. Remember that. Zwei. Two prophecies. Dos prophecies. Okay. So I'm going to show you that Hebrew word is, y'all don't have to write this down, but it's H5375, H5375 burden. The Hebrew word is masa. Um, some people will pronounce it masa, masa. Okay, but it actually means chiefly a doom, a a burden, but it goes into a prophecy. It's going into a prophecy. It also can mean a singing. Okay, so there's so much when you study, you find out things you don't know. And a lot of Christians, they do not know that according to the Bible on the Sabbath day, you are not supposed to carry loads. And Jesus told a man to take up his mat and walk, which was in direct opposition to Moses' law. So now I want to keep going and I want to keep going. I want to talk about um, Issachar for a little bit, but I want to get to Isaiah. First of all, there's a story in Genesis 30, 14 through 18. Okay. You can read this in your own time. You can read this in your own time. But this is how Issachar got his name. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to give you a rough draft. Okay. Reuben, uh, in the days of wheat harvest, he found mandrakes. Now, mandrakes, it was called love apples. Okay. It was a certain. Uh, fruit that would help women who were barren to have children. Reuben found some mandrakes, okay, and he gave them to his mom, Leah, okay, to help his mom to be able to have a son. And then what happens? Rachel, she, um, this woman, <laughs> she said, lay with me tonight <laughs> for the mandrakes. Okay, so notice in the scripture in verse 15, it says, therefore, he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes. Okay, so this is deep right here. This is deep. This is deep. I'm going to read it so I don't butcher it. And Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them unto his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, give me, I pray thee, of thy son's mandrakes. And she said unto her, is it a small matter that thou hast taken my husband and wouldest thou take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, therefore, he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes. So what we see right here is a form of male prostitution. OK, Rachel is the head wife. OK, she gives Rachel some mandrakes so that. She can lay with Jacob this night. 
This is how Issachar was born. And notice the word that stands out, lie, lie. Now, we know that this word lie is going into grown-up activities. But I always look at the double or dual meaning of things, and this is also going into lying, lie. Okay, so we just connected Issachar, okay, with this double prophecy. Okay, truth and falsehood. This double-edged sword. Now, I'm going to keep going. Now, I want to go to verse 18. That way y'all can see how he was named. And Leah said, God have given me my hire because I have given my maiden to my husband. And she called his name Issachar. Now, we established that. Now, we want to keep going on this Isa or this I-S-A trail. I want to take you to Isaiah Chapter 6, 8 through 10. All right. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to get that same scripture on Bible Hub so we can get a full understanding of this scripture. Most people do not understand this scripture. Most Christians, they'll take you to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53. They love going there. They skip past 6. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 10, and we're going to read the New International Version. Make the heart of this people callous, make their ears dull, and close their eyes. This was the assignment Isaiah was given to do. He's told to go and blind people. Now pay attention now. We just talked about Isaac. Okay, he was blind. Okay, now I'm taking you to Isaiah, and God is telling Isaiah to go out and blind the people. You're not going to hear people talking about this. This is a discovery, this is like a news flash. Okay, this is like breaking news. Okay, Isaiah was told to go out. And blind the people. Now I'm going to show you the Douay-Rheims translation of the Bible. It says, blind the heart of this people and make their ears heavy. Listen, and shut their eyes. Lest they see. Now that word lest, I'll give it to you. It means otherwise. Otherwise, if you don't do this, Isaiah, if you don't blind them, If you don't shut their eyes, guess what's going to happen, Isaiah? They're going to see and they're going to hear and they're going to understand with their hearts and they're going to be converted. God is telling Isaiah he doesn't want that to happen. He wants to mislead people. He wants to misguide people. Now, Isaiah, he is the most monotheistic book we have. Isaiah constantly repeats the phrase, I am God and there's no God beside me. I am God and there's no God beside me. There is none else. There's no other book in the entire Bible where God lets you know that he is God and there's nobody else beside him. But he also goes into a double prophecy. Okay, he goes into a Issachar. Couching down between two prophecies, Dose. between two burdens. And he also says, look, 
There's going to be a child born. His name is going to be Wonderful. His name is going to be Counselor. His name is going to be Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, and Mighty God. Also, this son is going to be called Emmanuel. The government is going to be on his shoulders. Then he also says, one is going to be made an offering for sin. Okay? And this is the reason why many people today believe Jesus died for their sins is because of what Isaiah said. Now, who remembers what God told Isaiah to do? Somebody tell me. To blind the people. He was told to blind the people. Let me tell you something. Somebody dying for your sins, that's blinding you. A child that's going to be called mighty God, duh, that is blinding you. Isaiah was couching down in between two burdens, two prophecies. He's telling you God is God and there's no God beside him. But he's also telling you a child is going to be born called mighty God. Okay. And he's telling you a child is going to be born called mighty God and Emmanuel. Okay. And many people, they fall for the obvious snare. David said, let their table be made a snare. Let their table be made a trap. Let their eyes be darkened. Let their paths be slippery. Okay, and most people have fell into this trap. So we established the fact we don't need to keep going because we are almost at our time. But we see that Isaiah was given the task to blind the people. Now we want to go to John chapter 5. And I'm going to show you how Isa, he was also given this same task. Okay. Now, time will prevent me to go over all the stuff. So first, I got to tell you, in the book of Luke chapter five, the book of Isaiah was given to Isa. The book of Isaiah was given to Isa. Okay. And he says today, this scripture is fulfilled in your eyes. Isa identified with no other prophet as much as he identified with Isaiah. Isaiah is the most quoted book in the New Testament. Okay, now remind you, Isaiah, anybody knows how he was killed? Let's see if anybody knows how he was killed. Cut in half. Cut in half. Okay, y'all. Man, let me tell you something. Man, these women is on it, man. Y'all brothers better study. Y'all brothers better study. Okay? Because let me tell you something. Don't no woman want a man, okay, that she has to teach. Okay? A woman wants to be captivated by her husband's knowledge. Okay? She wants to look at him like a theologian. Okay? She wants to look at him and gain prophetic insight in the scriptures. These women are doing a good job. He was cut in half. Y'all knock it off. Y'all knock it off. Y'all chill out. He was cut in half. Double. Dose. <laughs> he was literally cut in half. Okay. By the Israelites. Amazingly. By the Israelites. That's another topic. Okay. So now I want to go to John 5. I just wanted to give y'all a little overview 
of Isa, and I call Isa, Prophet Isa, peace be upon him. I call him God's Isaiah, the Messiah that is going to come and clean up this mess, okay? And if Jesus is coming back and the first thing he is destroying is the cross, then that's telling you he is going to destroy Christianity. Oh, I know it hurts, but it's the truth, okay? And I can't apologize for the truth. So this is John chapter 5, and Jesus comes to the man. This man was impotent, okay, for 38 years, making up all these excuses. Jesus is asking him, do you want to be made whole? And he said, well, you know, everybody's just getting in the water, and you know, he's making up all these excuses just like you. Okay, Jesus asked the man, do you want to be made whole? Verse 8, Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Now, I get so deep in scriptures, I can actually go into the book of Barnabas and I can go into how Jesus went to heaven from his bedroom, from his bed rather, uh, with the four angels and I can go so deep into that, but I don't want to go that deep, okay? Verse 9, and immediately the man was made whole, and he took up his bed and walked. On the same day was the Sabbath. Now, was this lawful according to the law of Moses? And we know Jesus said he did not come to change one dot, okay? Not one iota from the law, okay? He came to confirm the law. He was under the law. He was circumcised. Why would this man tell this man that? So who knows what was unlawful to be done on the Sabbath day? To be carrying stuff. That's right. Man, this is an awesome class. Yeah. You ain't supposed to be carrying nothing. Actually, Israelite camps, they have no ground to stand on, okay? Because in the entire New Testament, there's not one person who actually kept the Sabbath the way it was supposed to be adhered to. On the Sabbath day was a day not for you to preach and teach. It was a day for you all to stand still and to listen to the law of Moses. Y'all knock it off. Y'all knock it off. The law of Moses was read as it's custom on every Sabbath day. And everybody is supposed to stop what they're doing. No business, no transactions. If you read Nehemiah, Nehemiah was threatened to lay hands on people for buying and selling on the Sabbath day. Okay? So you're not even supposed to carry stuff. Okay? You're not supposed to. You actually ain't supposed to be gathering food. That's in Exodus. Okay? Okay? When they were told on the sixth day not to gather, okay, that they would get double. There was people still trying to gather on the south. You ain't even supposed to be gathering no food, okay? So we see Jesus did that with his disciples. They was picking corn and on and on and on. Going down to the main point, Jesus misled this man. So I want to go to the scripture where the Jews sought to kill him. And this is going to be verse 16. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, my father worketh hitherto and I work on the Sabbath day. 
Jesus is talking about his father working and him working. That was like blasphemy to them. They like, what? That's blasphemy to the law of Moses. Verse 18, therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. So we see that Jesus was given truth and Jesus was blinding people. He was doing exactly what Isaiah was told to do. Now we're done. We got one more scripture is going to be in John chapter nine. And this is your modern day Christian. Your modern day Christian is the blind man in this story. This is going to be John chapter nine. And I want you to start at verse 35 to 39. That's all you need. That's all you need. And I'll read. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, speaking of the blind man. And when he had found him, he said unto him, does thou believe on the son of God? Now, this is the closest scripture in the entirety of the Bible where Jesus is calling himself the son of God. But he's doing it real crafty. Watch how he calls himself the son of God. He answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? So Jesus is making it seem like this son of God is somebody else. But watch this. Verse 37, and Jesus said unto him, thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. Jesus was very smart in the way he chose his words. He didn't blankly come out, and he never once said, I am God, worship me. No, he never once said anything like that. He said, Alpha Omega. He said, um, before Abraham was I am. But he never once just flat out said, hey, I'm God, worship me. Because that's not true. Okay. He was misleading those whom God wanted him to mislead because only God can draw the hearts of the people. God is Al Hadi. He is the guider. Okay. So now we're going back to this story. Verse 36. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. First of all, a lot of y'all don't understand that word Lord. It doesn't mean God. That word Lord means rabbi. So a lot of Christians, they see that and they think he's automatically talking about God. OK, when Jesus is called Lord, he's called teacher. He's called rabbi. So he said, Lord, I believe. And look what he does. And he worshiped him. Now, Jesus didn't tell him to do that. And he knows better. I don't care if he was blind. He know better that he ain't supposed to be worshiping nobody. Just somebody, just because somebody make you feel good, that doesn't mean you're supposed to worship them. Okay. All right, fellas. All right. Just because a woman make you feel good, you ain't supposed to worship them. And he knew better not to worship nobody but God Almighty, not even Moses. Okay, so going on, look what Jesus says. And this is the end of my lecture. And Jesus said, for judgment, I am come into this world. Oh, he got pissed that they which see not might see. 
and that they which see might be made blind. This man that just got perfectly healed was blind because he just started worshiping Jesus. And that's the picture of your modern day Christian today. Jesus was not only sent to open the blinded eye to cast out devils, okay? He was also sent to make those who see, don't see. He was the stumbling stone. He was the stumbling block. And many people have failed. He was the stumbling stone both to the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Jesus is the cause of many people falling today because they're looking at him and they're worshiping the creation instead of worshiping the creator. Jesus said, my God, your God, he's your God. He's my God. He tells you to worship God alone. Did Jesus ever tell anybody to worship him? No, he never did. Okay. So guess what, buddy, you are going to face judgment day. When you are associating partners with God, we are done for the day. Good job, y'all. Now it's time to do what we always do and what we always love doing. It's getting in the word. Is y'all ready? Yes. 